0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Student of the Game. I am Kyle Nash, the student of the Game. here with you once again. And hey, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport, and we're more than happy to have you us with us here tonight. listen, folks, I got to tell you, um new experience performing uh, a a podcast with a storm passing over. Uh, The state in which I live, granted, we're not supposed to get the worst of it here for a couple of hours. But in the event we get knocked off in the middle therein, it's not because the uh, FBI got a hold of us. I don't think Uh, it's because, well, we may suddenly be knocked out of power. Um, I have certain uh, backup contingency actions in place, but. Be prepared for the worst. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we had technical issues that happened without a hurricane during the previews and rob stats guerrera managed to do enough to help me get an episode out there to you so you know you, you if you saw it live you saw the silliness and if you didn't you heard the recording and probably didn't know the difference unless i said it to you so with all that in mind let's move on dauntlessly and make rapid progress of course if you are here my f- f- uh, fellow floridians in a bigger path of the storm or anywhere near where it made landfall uh, prayers and safety to you i know there's a lot of power outages and things that have been experienced but for now in orlando where i said i am currently safe and look to have uh jeff allen on later mark to was supposed to come aboard but we, will be unable to join us uh you probably saw him his name mentioned in the preview but hey we'll look to get him on another time but let's get into this now typically speaking I'm not one who complains a lot about college football polls, uh, at least as far as the AP is concerned. When it comes to the committee and the CFP, you know the thing that uh, term that uh, determines the uh, college uh, football playoff and championship, you know that invitational tournament. Um, I'm going to be a lot more critical. You know that that's a whole different situation. But the thing that floors me, time in and time out even though we're on the precipice of getting an extended college football playoff, the thing that was supposed to be happening and asked for when the AP poll was removed as the sole determiner. Well, it wasn't the AP poll back then, as we know it, right? It was, it was the bowl championship series, or if you didn't believe in it, you called it the BSC. Yeah, I know those names, uh, those letters mean BCS, but BSC. Trust me, those first two letters are arranged that way intentionally. For all the times it was gotten wrong. However, enough about that. So, well, actually, I shouldn't say enough about it. You know, if, if anybody remembers the final game determined by the AP poll, it was to uh, not to Spikes. I'm sorry, uh, Manti Te'o, and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a team that had to go into triple overtime against the illustrious. Pitt. Woo! I'll tell you. What a program. Shouts to Big Jim Neese. And, of course, my friend Matt as well from Huddle Up Podcast. They got crushed by Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, I'll grant you, there are teams that have suffered that fate that have belonged in the championship in the past. But it was clear that Notre Dame didn't, based on their opponents or lack thereof. They were put in there because of name and crushed. And now, here we are with a similar sort of situation. Now, granted, I don't think anybody in the AP poll as it stands right now for the top 25 will have anybody other than Georgia at number one. And if the AP were still deciding it this way, they'd either be playing Alabama or Ohio State, who are basically currently tied. And frankly, I can make the excuse that Alabama is there because they're, they're, how you say, it, it come first in alphabetical order, right? But if the AP were determining the top four, fourth place, I would throw into question. And again, listen, I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy. I'm somebody who, even though people were calling for his head, every year he's been a good coach, averaged more than nine wins, except for the pandemic, because, you know, pandemic. (laughs) You know, I know some teams flourished and some teams didn't in that period, but First coach in, 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 in a reasonable amount of time to beat Ohio State, be uh battling for a national championship, all of that. But Michigan's fourth. They haven't played anybody to this point. Matter of fact, they only played a Power Five school this past week, and it was the illustrious Maryland, who's now a conference game, which still doesn't make any damn bit of sense to me. And it could be argued that the toughest game they'll play until they play Ohio State the last week, as is as is tradition, will be Penn State. And the argument can be made for Penn State that they're what? The third or fourth best team in the conference? Granted, the Big Ten is the second-best conference in the nation. So that's something. But if you're supposed to be fourth place, you gotta do something more impressive. But Carol, there's other teams that are that don't that that are undefeated, that aren't respected. They, you know what? You are absolutely right. I don't think that's the debate. Matter of fact, just around uh what is it? The the first eight teams all have four 0 records. There are some teams with 4-0 records that are well below them as well. Actually, if you go all the way down to 11, all the teams are are undefeated. But are we really impressed by Oklahoma State? Granted, I respect Mike Gundy and the most beautiful mullet in the United States of America. But you've only played three games, and they're Central Michigan, Arizona State, and AR Pine Bluff? Ar- Arkansas Pine-, Pine Bluff? Like their name doesn't even fit in the liner. For the record, they're the Golden Lions if you're keeping track. You know, oh boy, a team with Golden in its name. Settle down, UCF fans. Good God. Why do I believe in them? As much as I wax poetic about Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy on the uh, Huddle Up podcast, I'm not about that life. I have professed many times that USC is going to make the top ten by way of committee, literally, for just not falling flat on their goofy faces, playing in the Pac-10. And granted, their alleged opponents get better, right? They don't have uh, Oregon on the on the regular season schedule. But they do have Utah, you know, that overrated group that got trounced by Florida. And, well, they didn't get trounced, but lost to Florida. And now a team that's now unranked and struggled against the likes of the USF Bulls. <laughs> and is now still somehow ranked 12th because reasons. But the, the, the Trojans are impressive because they beat Oregon State 17 14. But that defense, shut it. Okay, no. Kentucky at least beat Florida. They beat the team, beat the team, and then beat Northern Illinois by eight points. Listen, I've watched Northern Illinois play. And granted, Kentucky has a chance to right the ship when they play Ole Miss, who's currently 14. Coach Hammock is awesome. Met him at the Cure Bowl this past uh, season. But, again, not exactly an impressive resume other than beating Florida. But at least we're closer. At least we got something to work with, and that team has three ahead of them. But apparently beating Florida isn't good enough. You know how I know? Just asked Tennessee. Now, granted, in Tennessee's defense, they beat both Florida and Pitt. I can make an argument that they should be four, and listen for well before all you people come after me. But Josh Heupel's not a good coach. Okay, fine, that's not the point. Let him be the one team in the SEC that doesn't play defense as well as the rest, and let's move on with life. We all know he's going to win the games, win games one hundred and five to one hundred and two, but the games are still going to be won as long as he has a quarterback who can play well in the clutch and one that doesn't lose to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, what too soon? Sorry, I tried to warn you guys about Dylan Gabriel. I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. By the way, shouts to Huddle a Podcast for coming up with a Student of the Cave T-shirt. <laughs> That's a fun time all the way around. And hey, listen, I I, I got to bring in, I got to bring in my man Drew Willingham, who just jumped the board. Had a great time, by the way. Uh, with him a couple of weeks back on the In and Out Sports Debate show on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. People are impressed. I talked baseball on your show, Drew. And yeah, I feel bad for uh Manti for you know the uh the uh off the uh off the uh what's his words catfish thing or whatever, but I mean he got a he got a chance to cash in on it with the documentary, so I feel a little better. But what do titles mean anymore? He's confused about it. That is that is the name of the show. What do titles mean anymore? Probably should have a question mark there. Okay, grammar police, cool. Uh, but, <laughs> but that all being said, that's kind of the setup there. And thank you by by way of the comment section setting me up for that success. Oh, I do have a question mark on it. Cool. Um, what do titles even mean anymore? We have a team. We have several teams that could be fourth but you picked the team that hasn't played anybody yet because they have a cute quarterback granted hey a hardball in college with a passing quarterback we haven't seen it yet cool all right i'm down and and he'll throw in for a t-shirt listen to I'll, I'll i'll give you the link after the show i can't get to it right now um and and yes let the man know the power of pool holes compelled you I told you he'd make it to 700 weeks ago. Drew, paying all and giving credit words, do and I respect that level of humility, I hope I am capable of doing the same uh, if if you ever just completely dominate me on a topic like I did you on that one. I did like your take, though, that uh, Mike Singletary was the best number 50 of all time uh, where I came in with the admiral um, uh, playing for the Spurs and all that. that that's I did, I did mad respect. I hope you're getting a laugh at all that, dude, because I'm still joking. But let me get back on track. So with (sighs) – now, at least Penn State isn't number four, but how could you, you know, with what's going on there, right? I said – yeah, I said earlier Tennessee beat Penn State. It's Pitt. Sorry. Which I don't know why they were ranked that high. Thank you, Tennessee. (laughs) Normally the joke is, sorry, Tennessee, but thank you, Tennessee, for. Taking care of that business and showing the world that they have no business being in the top twenty five. Oh, wait, they're twenty-four. Well, hey, you know. I'll give the I'll give the 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 poll this much credit with Ole Miss being at 14. Kentucky has an opportunity to solidify themselves at seven and be credible. Totally cool with that. But I'm not gonna go as crazy as the Orlando Sentinels, Mike Bianchi, respect to Bianchi, by the way who's going to try to say something as nuts in his article about <laughs> Josh Heupel being the most innovative college mind on offense among coaches in college football today. Let's not get stupid. Lincoln Riley's still a thing and I can go on after that, but Tennessee should be four right now. I know that I'm going to get attacked and please, please, please tell me how wrong I am. The Twitter handle is right, bleeding there, ladies and gentlemen. It's all good. But can somebody tell me (laughs) what is it that Brad Pitt said in Moneyball? The what the bleep are we doing? Now I grant, Kyle, what are you worried about? This one doesn't count yet. That was the lead. But for anybody, and I've heard some morons do this. And if you're one of the people that done this, I just called you a moron. I'm terribly sorry. It's for the ratings more than anything else. But... (laughs) For all the morons out there that have made the statement, oh, the AP poll was better, stop it. This is your proof in the pudding. At the very least, despite biases I have pointed out, which could be easily corrected if people were not corruptible, the mistakes made in this poll would not be accounted for. Or rather, would be accounted for by the committee. They've gotten that much of my confidence. Hell, albeit on false pretenses by rating Notre Dame entirely too high, they did manage to get Cincinnati in this past year. And while Kirk Herbstreet wants to say that Cincinnati being carried into the top four, like he's being carried by Al Michaels on Amazon's uh, broadcast, bing! Dang! No, no, that's not me talking trash on on, on Kirk Herbstreit per se, by the way. Al Al Michaels is a damn immortal legend. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. I believe in miracles. And if you don't know what that means, watch the movie Miracle. Kurt Russell's in it. It's fun. But I'll put it this way. If you still think the AP's a good idea, I just cannot help you. Wait till 2026. Because that's what everybody was asking for when they moved away from it. Give me your opinion in 2026 and seven, when they put in the playoff, we've seen them get a chance to work out a kink or two and have made announcements towards what other kinks they'll look to fix. Then we will talk. Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. Let's move on to this. Now, I I didn't mention I was going to have Mark Mancini on, as somebody who has has his fingers on the pulse of what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you were aboard last week, you would have heard me pick, along with uh, my friends, Travis Holmes, my Jacksonville Jaguars uh, expert, and my former student of the game panelist from the first edition of this show, and black and gold Banneret cohort, Drew Glukov, and Browns fan, Pick the Browns to win this football game. And it'll all be in the hands of one Mitchell Trubisky. T-Dog Mitch! And they still... Again, I'm in this awkward position that I feel very cocky. And my ego is huge. So for me to achieve this, it's very insecure for me. But I'm getting very close to having a weekly call it 5 to 30 seconds where I inform Mike Tomlin I tried to tell you but you wouldn't listen why is Kenny Pickett not playing the starting position yet but he didn't necessarily perform bad against the, 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 the Cleveland Browns okay but here's what I know 17 points of offense ain't going to cut it. You can't win games with defense when T.J. Watt is going to miss, miss as much time as he did. And Minka Fitzpatrick, your other best defensive player, guys who, if healthy, I'm sure would be competing early for Defensive Player of the Year honors. You can't have him limited in practice as well and expect to win with Mitchell Trubisky. Now I know the the saying goes, well you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, uh, back in the tube. Here's the thing. The Miami Dolphins did this. They put the toothpaste back in the tube. They let Tua start some games, he struggled a bit. They brought the immortal beard himself, Ryan Fitzpatrick, back out to start and then put Tua back in after again. And look, lo and behold, who? His starting quarterback with the dolphins biggest win so far this season and possibly for the season depending on how things go outside of a playoff potential playoff game no i'm not predicting the dolphins win a playoff game take it easy yeah it's tuatunga vialoa doing things by the way how do we find a tougher how do we go from tuatunga vialoa being the toughest name in football to pronounce <laughs> are to a to then transitioning to the Uyunglele? Is- how how does that happen Anyways, I'll get over myself. At least I finally learned to say it right without stuttering three times. (laughs) Hashtag me problem. But we we, we still haven't seen Omar Epps starting, sorry, Mike Tomlin starting Kenny Pickett over Mitchell Trubisky. I don't get it. If you can't run the ball effectively, well, I, I can't say didn't run it effectively, but let's be clear, the numbers are a bit skewed and, and are lying just a little bit on the strength of Chase Claypool having 11 11-yard 11 carry in there. Looking at Najee Harris, who I think is a good back, just over three yards of carry ain't going to do it. 22 carries and 100 yards, it's not going to win you a football game when your defense is in a position to give up. Twenty-nine. Hashtag math, right? Again, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm still completely awkward in questioning Mike Tomlin. I know the man has yet to achieve a losing season, which is probably a poor choice of words. One doesn't achieve achieve a losing season, but I digress. I'll even grant that. Part of it is on the strength of, of some craziness at the end of the game that, that cost Pat McAfee and company a butt ton of cash with Enzo Ward recovering a fumble in the end zone. Your offense isn't getting to 20 points. What's the conventional wisdom? If your offense can win, if your defense can hold a team to 20 points, you should be able to win the game. The, Do- the Browns achieved 22 offensively. Your team achieved 17. You are not an NFL offense yet. And if if your biggest worry is killing Kenny Pickett's confidence, listen, it's not like he's getting a year playing under Urban Meyer. Like one, Trevor Lawrence, who this past week was the first Jacksonville Jaguar to be the offensive player of the week in about 10 years. Yeah, I had to double check that. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, when the rest of the people on the list include the likes of Nick Foles and Gardner Gardner Minshew, makes a bit more sense. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns are. But actually at the a end of the day, football team. That whole situation for for me, you got to start picking at this point. If nothing, to where if you're trying to be a serious playoff contender, this team needs a shot in the arm. And while Mitch is a backup, or excuse me, Mitch is an upgrade from a Ben Roethlisberger whose arm was literally about to fall off right there on the field, is putting him in really the better shot to win? Is keeping Pickett out and not getting game experience a worthwhile endeavor? Unless you have that little faith in your offensive line and you're worried that Pickett's going to get hurt, that's the best I could come up with for you. But beyond that, I, I got nothing. But, you know, earlier I mentioned this with Trevor Lawrence being the AFC Offensive Player of the Week and the first Jacksonville Jaguar to do it in years. Let's pump the brakes just a minute, folks. And again, I'm glad to see the Jacksonville Jaguars doing well. It's not so much that I'm a Jags fan. Yeah, I do have a Mark Brunel jersey. Sue me. Yeah, I was glad to see Tony Pacelli get inducted because, you know, look, look at the look at the painting behind me of me lining up as an O-line in my Aaron Evans original, right? Kind of an aficionado and practitioner of the craft of offensive lines. What I do, did. Yeah, let's say did. I'm 43 now, for Christ's sake. But I also have an interest in the Jags doing well because I want to cover more games. I want to be able to cover NFL playoff games with the three-point conversion. Bing! And it's looking like, oddly enough at least according to what everybody's telling me, that Trevor Lawrence and company may do that. And it's not just Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Christian Kirk's doing amazing. Zay Jones is filling the gap. Evan Ingram at Titan is awesome. Marvin Jones is not having to attempt to be a number one receiver at his age. And uh, Travis Intian and James Robinson are both doing great in the ground game. And the offensive line's holding up. Cram Robinson hasn't been listed on the IR yet. The hits just keep on coming, and don't get me started on the defense. If they have another great performance on defense, I'm going to have to have Professor Bill Carroll and Sensei Jeff Barnes on the show to not only publicly apologize for questioning Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd so desperately, but I'm going to have to try to find their addresses so that the two of them can send them Christmas cards. This is insane. But before we get too pumped up about the Jaguars, let's have a little bit of reality pumped into the situation. I totally still stand by the question that the Jaguars should have beaten the Washington Red Tails. Sorry, Commanders. That's that's still a thing. I was there to personally witness the Indianapolis Colts get shut out at TIAA Bank Stadium in Jacksonville a few weeks back but we got to remember that the Colts were without their top receiver were without probably their best run stopper as well in DeForest Buckner. Right? Michael Pittman, of course, being the top receiver in question. They neutralized Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan was dubbed useless because he's not mobile and can't escape this defensive front, which we didn't know how good they were yet. We forgot Josh Allen was there. We're talking about these rookies. I mean, dang. At what point, by the way, Shaquille Griffin, Missed that game. Sorry, he didn't miss that game. He will miss the next game against the Chargers. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But the Colts got shut out. where There's a whole bunch of bad juju on the road in that sta- stadium eight times straight. They've lost to the Jags at a TIA Bank Stadium. We talked about that enough uh, last week. But then here on this show, I also picked the Jags to win with seven points, but thought they would lose the game nobody sent me the memo that Nick Bosa was going to get hurt early in the game and allow a balanced offense to step out, which is what allowed Trevor Lawrence to light that ish up like he did that day. And again, this isn't me saying I question Trevor Lawrence, but rather there have been reasons that are more about the deficiency of the opponent than they are about the Jaguars doing bad. Now, granted, in the NFL taking advantage of mistakes is essential no one's going to question that and if you do you're wrong frankly right i get that trevor lawrence was the offensive player of the week and all that happy stuff but dude threw for three touchdowns and only threw for 262 yards he threw few, he threw for for, for for fewer yards than Justin Herbert who had fractured cartilage now granted he also threw a pick but <laughs> and, and listen credit to trevor he's thrown what one interception all year where this time i think he had at least 8 i haven't looked up that number yet but i can guarantee you just on that that's better <laughs> meanwhile the chargers were missing nick bosa Keenan Allen, two linemen including their center uh Lindsay, Justin Herbert's hurt. The injuries piled up. I'm not making excuses for the Chargers. And by the way, Zay Jones leading the team in tackles, or excuse me, catches rather and yards. An amazing thing. What even Christian Kirk leading in yardage that week. Which leads me to this next game with the Eagles. Now the Eagles I'll give credit I did have them winning the division. They're looking good so far. They're doing what they're supposed to do, which not every team has done every week. Just ask the Kansas City Chiefs, who just lost to the Indianapolis Colts. What? (laughs) Just ask the Las Vegas Raiders, who were supposed to win their first game against the hapless Tennessee Titans. What? (laughs) Which all of a sudden now, this division's still a battle. Because teams are winning games, other parts of the division. No, Texans, not you. So it's not a runaway necessarily. I mean, the Colts have to put a third number on their record because they have to account for the tie. So they're 1-1-1. One, one, one. Whee! <laughs> but the Jags need to prove to me that they can face a squad that's at full strength. Now, looking at the practice report, I I think – or excuse me, the injury report for practice Wednesday. At the moment, it looks like Darius Slay might be the uh, uh, only significant, air quotes, player that they'll miss entirely, but that could change by the end of the week. Hell, I don't know if I'm going to finish the show with so many changes going on with the storm for Hurricane Ian, so hey, I'm sure in a few days, Darius Slay may be available to play in Philadelphia. But you're asking the Jags to go out, win another road game against a team that's favored to be a division winner, with a quarterback who's probably the best dual threat they've faced so far um, and has a, a the potential to be a balanced team. Now, granted, AJ, A.J. Brown, their top receiver, was listed limited on the injury report, but I'm not sure exactly how much impact that will or won't have. But here's what we need to see if you're going to take the Jags seriously, which it's not that I take them unseriously. I'm just not ready to crown them yet. As those who remembered (laughs) Denny Green in Arizona and the Bears, which no one's crowning the Bears right now. I need to see the Jags win this game. There's not enough injuries for me to understand why they put up 38 points. This defense is probably going to be the best they've faced so far. If they win this game, I'll start taking the Jags a lot more seriously and start crowning them the favorite of the AFC South. But for me, like a lot of other things that are chaotic in this league right now, I'm not ready to clear to know anything. Here's what I know. The Bears are bad. The Texans are bad. The Giants are bad. That is about it. But hey, listen. Oh, yeah. And the Red Tails. Sorry. Commanders are bad. But two of those pieces of information are going to be very good news for my guest, who I'm about to bring on here. You'll know him from the Jeff Allen podcast. He has me on his show a few times every now and again. We'll talk some quality football. And, oh, by the way, he's also my colleague with A7BN Sports, a guy who brings a lot of luster and a lot of intelligence to the show. It's not just a bunch of other Cowboy fans who come on the show and be silly like my dude, Big Jim and EJ. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. But let's bring him in right now. Jeff Allen, welcome aboard, buddy. Good to see you.
1: Hey, my man Kyle, how are you?
0: Yeah. So listen, I, I didn't. I, 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 I kind of like how you set me up for the transition there. You coming in being uh, a a resident cowboy fan, and yet being still of sound mind and body. That's a rare thing to find these days.
1: <laughs> yeah, cowboy fans are, are are a different breed, and there are all sorts of types. And there are some who make the brand look bad, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I try to I try to hold up the good end of the bargain. So there you go.
0: You know, I wish we had more Patriot fans like you and all that's all I'll say about that. But, you, you know, going into to to you listing or coming off of, I should say, you listening, the issue of of representing the most popular, most popular fan base in the NFL, at least according to Forbes. How does listen? Say what you about Jerry Jones. The dude knows how to hold the value of a sports team. I'll, I'm just yeah. saying.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> Marketing is this thing, you know, that, you know, if, if he could have the same kind of knowledge of the football side of things, it'd be, it'd be a different story.
0: Well, you know, like not making himself the jam probably a start. And what is it with, with the Dallas sports sports teams, right? The uh, uh, Mark Cuban also being the Mavericks owner. Like I know I it's buy a sports team in Dallas. Let me find the money in the, in the <laughs> account cushion here real quick. I'll get like a, a hockey team or something back in there. Anyway, <laughs> Um. I mentioned all the silliness and not knowing about what's going on and the chaos, both in college football and the NFL, Jeff, which takes me right smack in the middle of the storm. That is your quarterback currently. No, not Dakota Prescott. Dakota's nowhere near a storm. We're here in Florida where there's an actual stone and we're experiencing riptides. You dude, Cooper riptide rush doing some things, man. How? How is that a thing? Can you tell me?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, because, you know, it took me a long time as a football fan to learn that the NFL is a week-to-week business. Mm-hmm. But I strayed from that at the beginning of the season when Dak went down. Season's over. We're done. <laughs> uh, you know, the old overreaction Monday thing, right? So, you know, what Cooper Rush has done uh, the last two weeks has really been, you know, surprising to me. Uh, you know, he did win his start against Minnesota last year, but the, you know, the Vikings with Kirk cousins on, on a primetime game are definitely not a very good team. Uh, whether or so,
0: or not Kirk cousins was going to be too scared to perform. We get you Jeff.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, so here we are, you know, two starts in, and what Cooper rush is doing is the right things. You know, he's not turning the ball over. He's making good decisions. You know, if. The Cowboys can fortify him with the running game like they had against the Giants with both Zeke and Pollard uh, racking up some yards. You know, that is a wonderful thing. And I think the key part to Cooper Rush is he gets rid of the ball quick. You know, Hmm. he's not, he's not back there, you know, dilly dallying around and, 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 you know, he's, he seems to be very sure of where he wants to go with the football. So, uh, he has really stayed the ship. And I think the big thing now is the Cowboys do not have to rush Prescott back, um, you know, because the initial thing was four to six weeks. They, they were four and, you know, oh might be even sooner. Uh, but I think they should take their time, make sure he is properly healed. The Cowboys are not circling the drain. So it's all, you know, it's all working good uh, with uh, with Cooper Rush at the quarterback spot right now.
0: You, you know, talking with Jeff Allen here, you got to respect him again, as I said, as an even keeled level minded Cowboys fan where his analysis, his, his glowing analysis is we're not circling the drain. That's a great start. I got, I got to give you that much. <laughs> and and listen, it helps when you're playing, uh, when you're playing the Commodores this weekend and it's easy, like Sunday morning, oh, oh wait, sorry. <laughs> Commanders. I, I, I keep getting that wrong. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah no,
1: that I, that certainly doesn't hurt having having uh, that dumpster fire of a football team on your schedule uh <laughs> with a two game winning streak under your belt that certainly does not hurt hurt their chances at all.
0: Right but unfortunately after that and and we're back to the week to week business concept here then you got the Rams and the Eagles after that. So I mean one game at a time and 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 you know let's not re- rush Dakota back and all that is all great in theory but then this schedule starts getting nasty. Yeah, uh, coming up with the Rams, uh the Eagles, and of course, um coming back home after that because both of those are road games, right? To to have to host uh the Detroit Lions and Matt and Campbell. Um, of course, I talk about coach uh sorry, you, you may know him as Dan Campbell, but uh, uh,
1: well actually Captain Dan when he was with the Cowboys. Uh oh, he well, was hey. he was he was with the Cowboys during the Parcells years and he was a very popular player. You know, he played behind Jason Witten, but uh, he was a guy that, uh, you know, brought a lot of fire and energy to the
0: football team. So you were there to witness Man Campbell come to rise before the days of the grit ha- hat. Yeah, no, I, I, thank you for putting that together for me. I respect that Jeff. Well done. Um, but let me add also this too, by the way, I did notice the accidental uh, 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 dad joke there of you talking about them not having to rush Dak. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, take me into the whole situation with Zeke and Pollard, though, because I got to tell you, as far as being questionable and handing contract things as Jarrah can be, I have to tell you, I like what they're doing with Zeke and Pollard. Because the last thing you want to actually do is put yourself in a situation where you're in the press for that reason. Because as if we didn't already have enough issues with running backs and that all going on, perhaps have you heard of a guy that sounded like a perfume at one point coming out of Pittsburgh? You know, when you want to run the football, On. Thank you for letting me reconstruct that joke, by the way. I haven't used it in years. <laughs> but, like, you're cool with them. It sounds like they're going to just basically let Zeke play through his contract and then bring Pollard along. Like, that's what's on the table. That's a good thing to do, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, Oh. definitely. You know, when you look at the past few seasons, Zeke's yards per game average has been declining. And they cannot run him out there 250 times during the course of the season. He's getting older. I mean, he looks a, he looks a lot fresher this year. Uh, mm-hmm. He seems to have a little bit of that burst back. But, you know, being able to mix Pollard in there, uh, who gives you that explosive home run hitting ability, uh, which he's already shown this season. Uh, you know, that is all going to be well and good for the Cowboys. Uh, You know, the, you know, disappointing part about Zeke the last couple of years. Yeah, he's getting paid handsomely. And those numbers that he's put up the last two years do not equate to that handsome payment uh, that he, that he's been getting. So I think a fresher Zeke will be better. I mean, the Cowboys offensive line, you know, Tyron Smith going out, but uh, Tyler Smith has done a great job. Uh, uh, you know, for a rookie uh, on the left tackle spot has been far better than I thought he would be. And when Jason Peters came in uh, the other night in that series, that's when Pollard broke that big run and that really kind of elevated the running game. So as Jason Peters gets more integrated into uh, some playing time, uh, the Cowboys offensive line, which was not very good last year, uh, now looks like it could be a, a more decent strength for him.
0: Sorry, I had to adjust my camera angle there so you could see that, that the painting of me and the offensive line. So you know, you know, not only using <laughs> the not only you as a UCF guy would appreciate that that's an Aaron Evans original. I'm also showing subtly how I appreciate the point made about Jason Peters. Dude, dude, is Tom Brady old and still handling business out there, man? It's crazy. Yeah, um yeah. And, and, and as a quick mention, I saw you know, uh, we watched Tony Pollard play against UCF. We're we're well aware of his time. Um, uh, in college doing good things under coach mike norvell who's now a four0 in the aCC which of course doesn't mean a lot because it's the aCC but the <laughs> but with all that in mind like I, I i think i think we're setting the table for a situation where it's a better thing the defense i would make for zeke which i mean i'm always a guy who didn't think he should have never thought he should have gotten the bag that he did let me be clear about that um, playing in a running back like that in this day and age—that's not named Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry—doesn't make sense to me. And frankly, I can make a case against Dalvin Cook as well because the dude can't help the club hurt. in the tub, you yeah. know. <laughs> and that, which is this is why I didn't talk about Saquon Barkley and uh, Christian McCaffrey either, fans. Before you start piping up about that, can't help the club in the tub, folks. Anyways.
1: Yeah. And for but- for, and for what it's worth, Zeke, you know, he played hurt last year, probably to the detriment of the Cowboys. They they probably should have died him back and given us more Pollard uh mm-hmm. last season. Uh but the guy th- but the guy is durable.
0: Uh, we'll we'll give him that much. See, we mentioned Jeff's intellect also proving that great minds think alike. That's exactly where I'm going. Because if you're gonna bring in data with more yards per or fewer yards per carry overall, he was also offered a lot more carries and did so probably when he shouldn't have been carrying the football. And on that, sir, we will triumphantly agree. It happens on shows. Oh, (laughs) the agreement is boring. Whatever. I made fun of the Commodores. You didn't have fun with that? You want me to sing? You want me to sing it easy like Sunday? I'll do Oh, there you have it. Anyways, no, listen. Great to have Jeff Allen aboard, man. By the way, I have been catching you talking to – a few of my uh, mates over at the uh, Black and Gold Banneret, which is always a quality time, too. So make sure you check that out on the Jeff Allen podcast. Um, you know, I'm going to ask you this quickly. I know we were focused on the NFL, but we got a few minutes before we do the NFL picks this week. You do a lot of coverage of the American Athletic Conference and UCF and, and, and that group. What mess? <laughs> It's going to come out of whatever's going on with realignment and all that stuff. What do you foresee? Like we live in a world where, um, I think this season UCF is going to, to play Miami in the first responder bowl. And, and, you know, considering what's going on, that might actually be seen as a positive result by some, uh, to at least make that bowl game before heading over to the power five. But, it, it, give, what is the takeaway that you're looking at this? What is it you kind of see in the mirror on the wall? Cause I'm not sure all of it's the fairest of it all quite yet. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, you know, last season of the AC, you know, and, and you know, boy, poor, poor Mike Resco, right. The, his top three football teams are, are, are leaving, uh, you know, and, and you, in fact, when they run their AAC promos, there are all the victories at Cincinnati and Houston and UCF, and UConn when they were there. All of those victories were racked up by teams that are no longer going to be in the conference. But, uh, you know, this year is going to be interesting because I think the AAC is up for grabs. Uh, you know, Cincinnati lost a lot of firepower on defense and on offense. Uh, you know, there's, they're, they're at a point now where they've built the program so they can reload, but this is not the same team. That made the playoff last year, and I, you know, while I agree with them being a favorite, it's not a lock, stock, cold barrel lock that they're going to do that. Oh, you know, well, and yeah. you know, Houston...
0: you go up on this tangent. Interesting. No, no, no. Keep going because I yeah. have. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So you know, you know, Houston. You know, were they were they a year ahead of schedule last year? We'll have we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, you know, they have they have a an experienced quarterback. So that makes them a contender. The Knights are obviously going to be contenders. Uh, you know, they're going to have to find a way not to have so many offensive droughts, uh, (laughs) in order to make that happen. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And, And even though I'm mentioning those guys, you know, you, you can look at the, at the middle of the conference. And while East Carolina lost to Navy, you know, Navy does get those victories every now and then. Uh, but they're an improving team. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see the Cincinnati Tulsa game this week because Tulsa's always played Cincinnati tough. Uh, you know, it, that could be a factor, you know, if, if if the Golden Hurricane win that game. So lots to see. Um, you know, as far as going to the big twelve, you know it would be nice if uh, UCF goes in on on a winning note. Uh, you know, they need to they need to have, you know build some confidence, build that resume as they're going in, but it's going to be a different world. uh, You know, when, when they go, go into the big 12, Uh, I think they're in a good position to be very competitive, but it's not the AAC. It's a, you know, you're stepping up a weight class and and, and they're going to have to punch harder.
0: Yeah. A a literal weight class where you need offensive linemen that are a lot more beefy. And Jeff, listen, this is might be the the single biggest bone I've had to pick with you in all of our sports tidings, sir. All this talk of your American Athletic Conference, which some years has been better than the ACC, I might, I might add. Oh, to don't touch!
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Um, you're gonna leave out the Mustangs of SMU. You're gonna leave out Tanner Mordecai, bro. What?
1: No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> no, I wouldn't leave them out either. Uh, no, they're definitely contenders. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dispute that at all. Uh, he, he's a terrific quarterback. Um, yo. Know, they're going to have to win offensively. They they get into shootouts every week. Hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, no, they're they're definitely a contender. I wouldn't dispute that at all.
0: Well, hey, listen. I mean, you're a guy that watched the Josh Heupel offense for a year. That shouldn't be something that you're far into. That's a thing. I mean, hey, it's working in Tennessee for him as well right now. For. The moment I just listen. If I didn't mention something about that, I'm sure Elo would have been like, you know, Jeff Allen didn't bring up your SMU Mustangs because I picked them to win the conference. I mean, listen, it's a very unpopular thing to do when you're writing for and and doing podcasts with a UCF base site like the Black and Gold Banner at Bing, but that's that's what I do when I do a drop, Jeff. It's a thing. Like, yeah, he's got a bell. <laughs> I need to get a No, what's my problem? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. So no, uh, thank you for literally bringing all the bells and whistles to this show. Um, and 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 I like the musings you have. Generally speaking, about the American moving up and listen to to double down. Poor Mike Resco rescue re- rescues the teams of the former Big East from absolute doom rises them to where they compete harder than the ACC in a lot of cases, and then has to hit the damn reset button all over again. It's yeah. not fair. Um, and then, by the way, depending on how that goes, may have to do it again if and when Memphis and SMU could take their way out. But hold yeah. whole other conversation. It could be worse
1: for him. He could be the commissioner of Conference USA, which got raided from both sides by the AEC and the Sun Belt.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's a very interesting optimism by way of pessimism, all at the same time. I'm I'm going to commend you for that, Jeff Allen. Well done. I, that's a great that's a great spin. The, it could always be worse. Defense is one we'll definitely accept here on this show. Here, game <laughs> it's a good time, but. Um, yeah, man, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's, um, let's get these picks going and doing the thing. First of all, Steph, we're going to start off with Thursday as, as one always should, because that starts the week. Um, but for me, the first game of the week, Thursday is going to be this, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Thank goodness, because you know, weather. Um, the, facing the Dolphins who literally flew past Hurricane Ivan on their way out to prepare for their Thursday night. Who you got?
1: Well, you know, one thing that has not been talked about much was, you know, Tua emerging from the blue tent of healing uh, <laughs> in the Buffalo game. I mean, really? He did not have a concussion? I don't think so, but, uh, there you go. Um, this will be an interesting, you know, Dolphins coming off a big win, uh, over, over their division rival short week.
0: I'm going to go with the Bengals at home on this one. Interesting. Cause yeah, the uh, here's the thing. And, and I, I, it's not like I dislike the pick. If you're trying to bet this game, here's my advice. Don't. Okay. <laughs> um, but with all that in mind like seeing joey burr struggle is very confusing i get that um seeing what's going on with the dolphins looking good is impressive um i I can make an argument that the bills did a lot to try to hand them that game back um but then so too did the dolphins defense dropping no fewer than three interceptions by my count too so in the interest of fairness that has to be accounted for on both sides Um, you could probably argue that I'm stalling because I have no idea which side to pick on this one and you would be right, but I'm going to go with the emotional letdown factor here for the dolphins beating the bills could possibly be their literal super bowl, depending on how the rest of their season goes. I don't think it will go that badly, but, um, I have, I have the Bengals as well, uh, hosting short week and, uh, that emotional letdown compared to playing the bills in a division game, whereas the Bengals are kind of climbing their way up after yeah. uh, beating the uh, the Jets last week. Anyway, hopefully,
1: hopefully, we'll be able to watch that game if, if we, you know. Heaven forbid we know we lose power and all that good stuff. Hopefully, I'll we'll be able to watch it.
0: <laughs> oh, that will be fun. I, I I do like Richard Sherman as an analyst. That's fair. Um. Anyways, next on the docket, a uh, Kirk Cousins goes to New Orleans to face the Saints. Jeff.
1: I'm gonna go with the Vikings in this one. Uh, I I don't have much faith in the Saints. Uh, you know, I guess now they're uh, they're looking at Dalton potentially uh, making the move to him at quarterback uh, with some Taysom Hill mixed in. <laughs> I just don't. I I'm just can't buy in on the Saints right now.
0: Hold on, let me check. Yeah, the game's at 9.30 in the morning and not after 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh Kirk Cousins is gonna win. There we go. Um <laughs> yes, that is the England game this week, by the way, for those that are keeping score. So uh, anyways, uh Browns Falcons, Jeff. Oof. Uh
1: I, I hate to I hate to want to pick the Browns, uh, because of the Deshaun business and and, and, and the, the sickening fan base that uh uh indulges that kind of behavior. Uh you know, just not sold a Mariota at a quarterback for the Falcons. Uh I'm gonna take the Browns in this one.
0: Mariota, more like Mariota. Granted, he could <laughs> be doing worse, but after listen, after the Seattle Seahawks did what they did and keeping themselves alive in the race for you know the top overall pick of 2022 uh sorry 23 um. Yeah, uh, and seeing what the Browns can do against a bad quarterback and one Mitch Trubisky, I, too, have uh, the Browns. There's no question. This one's going to be interesting. Bills head to Baltimore to face the Ravens. Jeff?
1: Bills will bounce back on this one. I don't have any doubt of that at all. And, uh, you know,
0: what happened to the Ravens' defense? <laughs> youth. Youth That's is, is what happened. And I'll tell you, if youth couldn't handle – uh, Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins, albeit Tyreek Hill and Waddle, an amazing pairing. Um, they're going to be any better off against Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and company? That, that's a thing. I, I, I don't think so, so much. Listen, I am loathe to pick against Lamar Demetrius Jackson, but at the end of the day for this one, I'm afraid I'm going to have to, despite how awesome that back, that back foot touchdown to, to Andrews, Last week was, but I thought he couldn't pass, Jeff. Sorry. Anyways, anyways, we talked a little bit about this game. Let's put a bow on it. Uh, The Washington Red Tails. Sorry. Commanders head to Dallas to battle Riptide, Rush and the Cowboys. Jeff.
1: I will bar your line. It'll be easy like Sunday morning for the Cowboys. And it looks like Kyle has frozen up there. So I'll, I guess I'll elaborate a little bit more then while, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stretch and I'll fill the time <laughs> as, as, uh, we see what's going on with the, with the feed here with Kyle. Um, yeah, the, the Dallas defense. if you, th- if you think, uh, the Eagles getting nine sacks was, uh, was easy. The Cowboys might get double digits, uh, as far as that goes. So let's see how that, how that works out. Uh, So yeah, I I think the Cowboys there are going to, going to take that one rather easily. All right. So now I guess I'm now, now the official host of the show. (laughs) So Kyle has, uh, 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 has gone offline. Uh, We will see if, uh, if he is able to get, get back on. I might pick a couple of games while we're waiting to see if his connection is restored. Uh, of course, hurricane. I want to say Ian for Ian Eagle, but hurricane Ian uh, starting to make its way through the state of Florida and, you know, power outages and internet outages and all that good stuff will probably be coming along. Uh, as far as that goes. Um, I'm going to, Look at a couple of games here. I'll pick a couple uh and see if Kyle gets back. If not, we'll 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 close the show. Uh, because you it's his show, not really mine. So uh Seahawks and Lions. I think I will take the fighting Dan Campbell's in that one. Uh that will be in Detroit. One o'clock uh uh kickoff on Sunday. Jets Steelers <laughs> that could be one of those real ugly games to watch. Uh, you know, S- Steelers have struggled to score points. Uh, the Jets, you know, I just don't see them making enough improvements. Uh, I think the Steelers will take it because it's a home game. Uh, but outside of that, uh, yeah, that that might be one of those games. It won't get much play on DirecTVs, red zone with andrew siciliano because uh, there ain't gonna be a whole lot going on in that game it will uh, the the lack of offense will uh certainly be not good but uh yeah it would be kind of cool if we can finish off these picks um you know i could change my picks when he comes back on <laughs> that way i can be right no matter what happens <laughs> Let's see how that goes. So, uh,
0: you cannot change your pick, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, this is is what professionalism looks like here. I'm trying to fly the plane here from my laptop. I had it set up, just had to reestablish the connection. Um, You know, the joy of uh, personal hotspots, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag modern tech. Anyways, so with all that in mind, um, I appreciate you uh, flying the plane. Uh, pretty awesome. This isn't a flight deck, but nonetheless, you are flying the plane. I believe we left off you triumphantly presenting your squad as making it easy, like Sunday morning.
1: Yes, uh, yes, I did, and uh, it looks like your hot spots giving you some. Your former
0: tight end to win the next game because it's Madden Campbell hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, there's a team that's hapless. So hapless they lost to the fraud cons. Okay, Uh, I shouldn't need to say any more about that. As much as I scoff at golf, I also do my best to how you say, uh, um, show my awareness of the mediocrity of one Geno Smith. I have the Seattle Seahawks losing just on the strength that. There we go. So I gotta see. I gotta get my my pen and everything. I'm falling apart, Jeff. Yeah. Who so you know, yeah, the power yeah. was so powerful. Yeah. Um, so I,
1: I did pick the fight in Dan Campbell's, uh, in that contest. So there you go. So, and I also wow. picked the Jets Steelers game, which will probably set back offensive football a million and a half years. Um, to the I picked, dawn I, of I, I picked I picked the Steelers because they were at home.
0: Um, you know, that's as good a reason as any. And I'll put it this way: If you have a guy in Joe Flacco that's f- familiar with playing in that stadium, you might have a fighting chance. But a day's in, it sounds like you're going back to Zach Wilson. Oh God, <laughs> I have, I have, um, I have the Steelers in the game. They should be starting Kenny Pickett, but won't. He would get his awesome first win against another guy who is a new quarterback that, well, is not all that in a bag of chips. I'll leave it at that. I'm guessing the next game you had on the mind is is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Had to escape them, calling them San Diego. And the hapless Houston Texans, they have yet to win a game. And no matter how I feel about Davis Mills, I um, even with all the Chargers injuries, I have no reason to believe the Texans will handle business.
1: Jeff? I would agree with you on that. I like to call them the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. Yes. That's a, that's a play on the old, uh, what was it? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim Correct. Uh, moniker that, that was used back in baseball in the day. Uh, yeah. I uh, And I, I'm with you. I like Davis Mills. I like the moxie he brings and the, and the toughness he, he, he displays as the uh, Texans quarterback. But uh, I have to agree with you on the Chargers on that one.
0: No. Awesome. I can't front on that at all. Speaking of hapless teams, Oh boy, two teams that were winless until last week beating two teams that I thought were in the best division in football in the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, two teams that'll be smacking each other in the head running the football, I'm sure. Jeff, who you got?
1: Let's see.
0: Um, Give me the game again. It would be the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. You know, the people trying to battle the Jags for the division.
1: Yeah. um, Interesting that we're talking about the Jags as the the top of the division, right? Um, Right. Yeah, that's a... I'm going to take the Titans in that one.
0: Uh, You, You know, on the strength of it being at home, and I just, I feel like I would want to see the injury report and to see if DeForest Buckner's back before I decide this for sure, but it's on his strength that I'm going to go against you, be contrarian. I'm going to pick the Colts at home to win this game. I'm pretty sure these teams split throughout the year. I think Tennessee will win this one in Tennessee, but for now I have the Colts, and I could find this out and be in big trouble that Buckner's out and want to change my pick because last year when Buckner was in, the Titans lost. When Buckner was out, the Titans won. It's a rough thing. Speaking <laughs> of rough things, watching this football game will be pretty damn rough. Bears, Giants. Jeff. Ah, oh, boy.
1: Uh, yeah, that, could, <laughs> that that's that's another one that uh, uh, I think I said the same thing about the uh, Jets and Steelers. Won't see many cut-ins on DirecTV's Red Zone channel in this contest. <laughs> I, I do not believe. Uh, <laughs> because their trips to the Red Zone will probably be few and far between uh, but I think the Giants will uh, will bounce back and get in the win column this week.
0: Hey, listen, say what you will about Danny Dimes. They have a lot more complete team than poor Justin Fields in Chicago. I'll leave it at that. This next game, very compelling stuff. Jeff Allen, the Jacksonville Jaguars of Florida, uh, <laughs> of uh, Philadelphia to do battle with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeff.
1: So I guess that's good that that was a road game that didn't have to be shifted or postponed oh uh, for any reason. Um, so so good luck there. Um, you know I have a I hate picking teams in the NFC East. You know, I will I will I you know I will wear my cowboy blue proudly on that one. Um, but I like what Jack I like what Jacksonville's doing so far. I think this will be a test for the Eagles for sure. Um, and you know, are, are we convinced the Eagles are one of the best teams in the NFC East after three, three weeks? Uh, I think that's still has much to be proven there. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jaguars.
0: You know, I appreciate and admire your bravery. I don't have it. Uh, after watching <laughs> the, the Jags do what they did against the chargers I'm not saying they got help in the sense that it was planned for them to have it. I'm telling you they got help in the form of injuries and such and and a few things to go their way and a few lucky breaks and all that happy stuff. Herbert, fractured cartilage. Um, Keenan Allen missing. Two offensive linemen out that are starters. And then in the early part of the game, Nick Bosa leaves and is going to need surgery and will be missing a good portion. Well, he'll be back later in the season is what we'll say. The Eagles... Not so much. Granted, the Jags are also currently blessed with health. If there's going to be a time that they beat this team, it is probably now. But I don't think it quite happens. If it were in T.I. to be brave enough to pick this a second big win in a row for the Jags, I'm just not there yet. Maybe it's just pessimism, but I for now have the Eagles. Sorry, Cowboys fan, but um, (laughs) that's just where I'm going to need to leave it for the moment okay so we had already picked jets and steelers so let's go cardinals panthers jeff Hmm.
1: intriguing game um you know cardinals are, are certainly a team that gets off to slow starts uh having to play from behind quite a bit um i think they're still a little bit better than the panthers but i'm gonna take carolina at home
0: And early in the season, I'm relatively confident in picking Carolina in the right situation. I picked them to win the Baker Bowl simply on the strength of the fact that run CMC Christian McCaffrey was not hurt yet. And now we have reports that there may be issues. So here we go. The train is starting, and I don't care how much PlayStation Kyler Murray plays instead of doing a playbook or whatever that silliness was all about, at the end of the day, and Kyler, I trust for this game. Call me uh, call me skeptical, call me naive, call me what you want, but I see them beating the Carolina Panthers in whom I just don't believe. Uh, with that in mind, Jeff, next game is going to be the Patriots heading to Green Bay to face the pack. Jeff.
1: I'm going Green Bay on that one. Uh, you know, what is what is the latest on Mac Jones?
0: Uh uh, I think we're looking at Brian Hoyer right now.
1: Okay, yeah. There you go. Green Bay.
0: <laughs> well, let me twist your arm on that choice, Bonham. No, uh, 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 listen. I, 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 I'll I. put it this way. Um, you found the one offense that might be more uh, – or one set of receivers that might be more hapless than the, the, the Packers, and that is, in fact – Green, or excuse me, than the Packers. And that is, in fact, the Patriots. Still feels weird to be so confident betting against Bill Belichick, but here we are. Uh, speaking of hapless coaching, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett heads to Las Vegas with his Denver Broncos and Russell Carrington Wilson to do battle with Derek Carr in the Las Vegas Raiders. Jeff, who you got? I'll go with the Raiders on that one. I can't blame you. Nathaniel Hackett sets the table for that to be a thing. Um, But here's what I also know. The Las Vegas run defense is hapless, pointless, and easily beaten. Maybe it's my bias towards Russell Carrington Wilson, despite him being a former Seahawk. It's a whole other question. It's a weird thing. I'm a Niner fan. I like him. I don't know. I'm still working on it, Jeff. But what I will tell you is I'm against my better judgment. I'm going to see Las Vegas go 0-4. Nathaniel Hackett's at least hiring people to help him with clock management. I don't know what Josh McDaniels can do to fix defense, because that's never been his form. Uh At any rate, the Chiefs head to Tampa to battle Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, coming off of a loss to the Colts, interestingly enough. Jeff?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh, uh, remember the time when we were talking about the Chiefs and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> this won't, this won't be that type of game. I don't think, uh, I think this is going to be a, a, a pretty easy win for the, for the boys from Kansas city.
0: Yeah. And I, you know why that's going to be Jeff is because it's the reverse of the situation going into that Super Bowl. Patrick Levon Mahomes, the second was missing three offensive linemen and had a lot of injuries to deal with in front of him and, and some disarray as well. Patrick Edward, or excuse me, Thomas Edward, Patrick Bieber Brady, however, <laughs> is now missing a couple linemen, or maybe not missing them, but they're all nicked up. Has receiver receiver issues. The offense is not clicking the way it should be. It's the exact reverse from the game that you mentioned, sir. I too take Patrick Levon Mahomes the second on the road in Tampa. Um well oh, actually no, they they are they they're not playing. It's, it's in Tampa. Reasons. It is, yeah, they did keep it there. That's right. This explains why the UCF game was moved to Sunday at 1 o'clock. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, at any rate, I have KC in a masterpiece winning that football game. Then Monday oh, I night. I see what
1: you did there. <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought you might see. Hashtag barbecue. I might have lost 40 pounds, but I'm a fat guy at heart, Jeff Allen. Remember, remember that. <laughs> and, of course, the Los Angeles Rams head to San Francisco to battle Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Jeff.
1: This is an easy one for the Rams, as far as I'm concerned. Uh yeah, yeah, I just don't I don't see the uh, you know, the, the 49ers really only chance is, is is getting enough touches for Debo uh to to score points. But uh I don't think they I don't think they have enough offense to keep up in this one.
0: I like your analysis, but unfortunately you didn't take it to the trenches like you should have, my friend. Trent Williams is out for this game. Aaron Charles Donald, the actual Super Bowl MVP for this past uh, Super Bowl, is on the line. Sure, he doesn't play at tackle. uh, Or, excuse me, he plays at tackle. He may not be facing a tackle, but that's not the point. He now has more help when Bobby Wagner... Blitzes from the outside to challenge that situation. It's the Rams. Jimmy G will be thrust into fear once again. Maybe he doesn't step out of the back of the end zone, but he's going to be <laughs> in big trouble. I too have the Rams. So there we go. Woo! What hurricane?
1: <laughs> With the- hey, you know it, it. You know it. It's one of those things. You you face adversity in every game. The hurricane gave us a little jolt there, and you know you rise to the occasion and bring it bring it home for the victory.
0: Yes, listen, hurricanes in Orlando, that's what you do. Unfortunately, the Miami Hurricanes did not do that against Middle Tennessee State, did they? <laughs> Anyways, um by the way, thank you for that setup, Jeff. Um oh, of course. So, listen, not only for being probably the best Co-pilot in the business, not named Roger Murdoch slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There's a comedy re- movie reference for you, ladies Oh, and yeah.
1: Gentlemen. There you go, buddy. <laughs> uh, um,
0: <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, uh, appreciate your help um, stalling, taking care of the business, keeping the, the ship afloat, we shall say. Let the people know where you can be found, and I promise it will go much better next time.
1: uh, oh of course uh uh, jeff allen sports talk uh that of course uh is available wherever you get your podcasts. i'm on all the platforms there it's a weekly show i also host the aac report on the nightline sports network which got a show coming out uh uh, put that one to bed earlier this evening so uh you'll have something there uh to listen to during the time that you don't have power load up your podcasts uh you can listen to that and jeff allen sports talk and of course uh uh, as Kyle mentioned earlier, we're colleagues with A7BN Sports and OldSchool101.com. In fact, my uh, my podcast airs Sundays at 1:30 Eastern uh, on that internet channel.
0: And hey, listen, just celebrating their 25 hundred show was the Captain Company uh, 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 Captain Company Morning Show. We were both present to celebrate. It was a good time all the way around. I went right from there to Gus Malzahn's press conference. It was a full day for me, Jeff. I'm just I'm yeah. talking that out right.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a great time. Uh, uh, just celebrating that uh, milestone achievement for the captain. Um, and uh, again, uh, bears repeating the stat of the day that uh, in his 2,500 shows, it, with a factor of 20 conservatively, he's PO'd 50000 he said things to PO people 50,000 times.
0: That's right, because you're cutting him short if you said he ticked off only 50,000 people. That's absolutely correct. We don't yeah. want to short him on that. He's earned that mark, sir.
1: Yeah, there's a whole set of math that uh, you know makes that number way larger that, right. that I'm not
0: smart enough to make. <laughs> you're looking for a different Nash. That would be Jonathan Nash, the Nobel Prize winner from A Beautiful Mind. There you go. Uh, no, hey, Jeff, thank you for coming on. I, of course, am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same the SOTG. Check out my Facebook page, the student of the game. And, of course, my work with the black and gold bannerette covering UCF, just like Jeff does with Nightline. Don't worry. We keep it friendly. And uh, <laughs> and then check out, uh, yeah, I'll be there Sunday somehow trying to juggle that in NFL football. That'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> Fortunately, the Jags are out of town. Uh, <laughs> and then um, check out that work I do for the blackandgoldbanneret.com. As far as I know, we will still be doing the night shift postgame show. I will be bringing you my portion analysis from it right after the postgame press conference live from the stadium. So check that out. I'll be on with Bryson Turner and Eric Lopez. Of course, mentioned covering the Jags. First of all, by now on the threepointconversion.com, you'll have my matchup mania where I tell you the best matchups for the week. You had a few clips of the ones that are a few hits at the ones that won't like for example, jets, Steelers. Really? I, you finally picked a game where I'm going to pick Mitchell Trubisky to win. Okay. So that's a thing. No, that's not in the matchup mania, but check out what games are. Go to threepointconversion.com and check that out. That's there. And of course my work covering the Jacksonville Jaguars with both the three point conversion and a seven BN sports. My colleague helps if I point them with the right hand. It's, It states right They Bing, thank you for the bell. (laughs) And with that in mind, an honor, joy, and privilege to be aboard. Thanks to Jeff Allen and all those who checked in. Thanks to Drew Willingham in the comments for jumping in and admitting I was correct about Albert Pujols making it to 700 well before it was cool, by the way. And I don't even cover baseball. I still don't know how I did that, Jeff. It it kind of blows my mind. And
1: Aaron Judge hit 61 tonight.
0: I did notice that come up. Listen, uh, uh, Maris' status is still an impressive thing. I I get it. It's no, again, not a baseball guy, still respect. What can I say? But an honor, joy, and privilege to talk to all of you. Until next time, everyone, class dismissed. See, I do have a bell.